let's face it, romantic relationships tend to consume much of our collective emotional energy. Sometimes we don't know where to find the answers. I mean, heck, often I don't even know the questions. Why is it important for women to support other women? <laughs> because it's what the guys do. A couple of years ago, I launched Pink Wisdom in my living room here in New York City. The best relationship advice I ever received was actually when I was married. I am happily divorced now. To create a space for lovelorn women to discuss relationships, love, sex, breakups. How do men respond to strong women and how does it affect? How do you get your self-esteem and your confidence back? Um, all that good stuff. I would bring in these incredible relationship experts to answer questions and offer advice based on their experiences. One of the best pieces of advice that I have ever received is actually from my mom. After you have been dumped, the best way to get your self-esteem back is to fall in love with your own life. So not only do I get to ask these experts the questions that you would be asking them if you were to meet them in person, I get to pass on all their well-earned words of wisdom to you. I am enough. I am worthy of love. Self-doubt is really something you have to work through because it does have so much to do with those comparisons. Have you ever let someone down truly? Have you ever really lied to get to where you are? Are you that person? I'm pretty sure you know you're not. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. It's Allison Chase. A lot of the things we hear on Pink Wisdom is about finding your tribe, surrounding yourself with uh, like-minded women who inspire you and uplift you and raise your vibration. Sonia is one of those women for me in my personally in my own life, and it's an absolute pleasure for me to introduce her to you all today. When I was kind of punching uh, up different little topics to talk to Sonia about today, these were sort of some of the words that came out, things like um, self-doubt, traditional roles, uh, you know, and then, of course, sex, dating, love, breakups. So it's just a hodgepodge of fun stuff today with Sonia. And I hope that you feel as uplifted by her energy and wisdom as I always do when I get together with her. You would be what I would consider inspiration, oh, right? You're you. inspirational and aspirational. But a lot of people who are just emerging out of the pandemic or just normally pandemic or no pandemic really are not feeling that way. Mm-hmm. So give me a little pep talk. Give me a little pep talk. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I, I like to do this thing on Instagram that I think is really helpful because sometimes people read or hear something inspirational and they say, well, that's not for me. So I always say, I always start with, if you're hearing this, it was meant for you. Mm. You were meant to hear this. Whatever you're doing right now is the best that you can do. And whatever the people around you are doing right now is probably the best they can do too. So release some of that judgment of not only yourself, but of the people around you. Because no one is out there to specifically cause you harm. Um, if something is causing you harm, it is not on purpose. And so everyone is living with a little bit of pain and that's okay. It's okay to have that. Um, try to find your light when you can, you know, really find those moments that you feel beautiful, that you feel loved, that you feel protected 
and lean into those moments because they aren't constant. And wherever you can find them, do it. And don't worry about what other people say about what that thing is. If it's a sport, a hobby, maybe just dancing around in your own living room, if it is bringing you joy in that moment, just do it. It doesn't matter what other people think about it or will say about it because that's your joy. That is not their joy. But Sonia, I cannot stop obsessing about my ex and he will not text me back. Mm -hmm. He probably never will and that's okay. You're going to be okay. If he never texts you back, you're still amazing and he's an idiot. Describe Sonia four years ago versus Sonia today. Oh, goodness. I think Sonia four years ago was doing what she thought people are meant to do. She was married. You know, she was planning a future, looking to buy a home, you know, a director at a PR agency, living that life in New York that you think that you're supposed to live in your, you know, I was just 31 or 32 at the time. And now... I think I'm much more comfortable knowing that I don't fit the mold that people think about in terms of being an entrepreneur, in terms of, you know, being divorced and getting back out into the world. I, I do own that home now by myself. I think that always surprises people. Um, and, you know, looking back to even being a child, I think I was on this path the whole time and I was really fighting it. And so... You know, and I think this happens to many women. You hit a certain age and you think, like, this is what we do. We become wives. We start a family. We get to the next level in the career, whatever. And we don't really sit and think, like, is this what we're supposed to do or is this what I want to do? Um, so I think there were probably red flags early on that I shouldn't be getting married, that I wasn't ready, that it wasn't the right step. Um and I shove those down. And I think learning to listen to that intuition is one of the most difficult skills in life that we have to come up with. What are the green flags? The green flags? Um, I think that the green flags are when you leave something feeling like you're buzzing at a higher level than when you were first there. Um I have been coming back to the concept of ease and flow over and over. Those are my like current mantras for this year and probably the next five years because um, it is such a difficult thing for me. But I think a green flag on anything that you're doing is that there's just an ease to it. Mm -hmm. You're not feeling resistance. You're, you know, you really can see the next step clearly and you just move right towards it. And you're not second guessing yourself or asking consistently, like, is this right? I don't know. I can't make a decision. Mm -hmm. um, How yeah. does ease mix with ambition? Mm. I think it mixes with ambition because we are very much trained that ambition has to be hard. And that is one thing that I think Karen, my coach, really taught me was that you don't have to work so hard to be successful. And the most successful people that are around you probably work the least. Interesting. Uh-huh. And wow. really learning that was so hard, but so eye-opening. I was so much you know, embedded in hustle culture, you know, 12 hour days and proud of it, you know, never turning off on the weekend and proud of it. And it's like you wear this badge of honor, especially as a New Yorker, especially as a woman New Yorker, you know, you're just, I'm always on, nothing phases me, feelings, go cry outside, like that type of thing. Like, and that's so unrealistic, mm -hmm. <laughs> just really leading you to a place of burnout, of, crash and burn of 
what am I even doing this all for? And I think a lot of people hit that in early 30s. -hmm. You've been head down doing the things for many years. And then you look up and you're like, why am I even doing these things? You Mm -hmm. don't know. And if you do know, that's amazing. But for me, I had no idea why I felt this need to work so hard. What what was I trying to prove through these hours? I wasn't getting paid more. Mm -hmm. Um, What are these things that you're saying? How does this have to do with sort of the self-care culture? I mean, obviously, it's more than a glass of wine and a bubble bath. You're saying for you, it was number one therapy, Mm -hmm. uh, surrounding yourself by a higher vibe tribe, uh, reading, Mm -hmm. filling yourself with knowledge and education. Um, What are your thoughts on that? I think that self-care is a buzzword now for sure. And that I am seeing more of a conversation around, you know, self-care doesn't have to be a face mask. It can literally be anything. I think self-care really is honesty and vulnerability. Mm. That you are open to taking care of yourself the most when you're honest with what you're actually struggling with. Mm. Um, And maybe that what you are actually struggling with is rest. Maybe you are actually struggling with your, you know, view of yourself, of you know, the people around you, comparisons. Um, But the more that you are open and honest about those things, the more you are taking care of yourself because the first step to fixing things is, of course, admitting that there is an issue there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then starting to do that work is the second part of Mm self-care. So for our listeners out there who are totally burned out, um, like what's step one? Step one, I think for me, is always trying to identify what was the moment that I started to feel the burn that I ignored. Mm -hmm. And in future, how can I not ignore it? Mm -hmm. Kind of really pinpointing that moment. Um, I think it's also saying, okay, this is my list of the crazy to-dos. What are three I could give to someone else today? Mm -hmm. Or that I could easily tell someone, you know what, no, Mm -hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. Apologies, but this is no longer something I'm available for. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, no, I can't do this, but I can let my team do it. Mm-hmm. I think releasing that is, ugh, it's like such a great first step. You already feel so much better. And I know for so many people, even saying like, I can't is really tricky. Like, mm-hmm. no, I can't. No, I won't be able to show up for this so hard. I'm definitely a yes person. I say yes to everything. My poor team. Sometimes I tell it to them and I see their faces and I'm like, should have said no, I get it. I get this now. Um, and I'm trying to be better. But um, I think the second you do it and you see that no one falls apart, nothing, you know, no one comes back and screams at you. Like the more honest you are about needing the no, the more people are like, oh yeah, yeah okay, cool. Like mm-hmm. just let me know when you can. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. What about when, what about if they're, they're riddled with self-doubt? Oh, self-doubt is so, is such a difficult one. I have to say, um, self-doubt is really something you have to work through because it does have so much to do with those comparisons. And one technique that, you know, Karen really taught me was, Look in your historical references in these scenarios. Have you ever let someone down truly? Have you ever 
you know, missold yourself? Have you ever really lied to get to where you are? Are you trying to peddle snake oil, as they say? Like, are you that person? I'm pretty sure you know you're not. So because of that, you can come to the conclusion that what you're doing you should be proud of. You do deserve to be at the table. You do deserve the money that they're paying you. You know, any sense of self-doubt can be squashed by looking at your character and knowing historically that you've never, you know, purposefully tried to mislead anyone. You've never tried to cause harm in the past on purpose. So why would you be doing that in this case? Mm -hmm. You're not. Boy, that's beautifully articulated. <laughs> what is your view on um, modern feminism? Hmm. I think it's tricky. I think it has, I mean, I would definitely consider myself a modern feminist, but I am not branded that way because I do see it as like a branding symbol at this point. As someone who is a marketer, I see so much of, um, you know, be a boss, girl boss, entrepreneur, you know, and I think it has been glamorized a bit too much. Um, and so while I do think that I resonate with the values, I don't see it as something that I outwardly communicate as much because I think that there are people who are doing it and doing it very well, and I appreciate them and the work that they're doing. And then there's people who are doing it that I think are spreading maybe misinformation mm -hmm. and you know, that's tough. And I hate to see a concept that is a movement for something really wonderful be used for marketing or for gain or to be popularized in that way. But I think that is where we are. So I try to be very discerning mm -hmm. about the types of things that I support through it. In your own relationship, how do you feel about male and female traditional roles? I don't think that it plays a big part. Um, although I would say that my partner is more traditional than I am. Um, but also it's not in a way that's bothersome to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I've come a long way, especially in the last year with like respecting opinions that are not direct to my own. If they're not causing harm, why am I feeling like I need to butt heads against them? Mm -hmm. If we can meet somewhere in the middle that feels good, that's what really matters. It's not about changing someone's opinion to my opinion. What are you what are you not going to tolerate this time around? It's so funny because I've spent so much time thinking about what I do want. Mm -hmm. I don't spend as much time thinking about what I don't want mm -hmm. because my understanding and feeling of asking for what you want from the universe is very much the more you say you don't want something, the more actually that attracts it to you. Mm -hmm. The more you focus on the positivity of things that you want in your life, the more those things will come to you. So I really spent a lot of time actually writing out and really thinking what were things that I felt like I was missing in my previous relationship that I did want in this one. Mm -hmm. And a lot less of I'm not going to tolerate this. Mm -hmm. I think as long as someone is willing to show up and work and they understand that it's not easy and it is a partnership, then a lot of things can still work out if you have so many other things going for you. Mm -hmm. Do you consciously make choices to help him, quote unquote, feel like a man? No, I don't think that I do anything that um, I, I don't definitely don't do anything consciously. Is it subconscious because I was raised with parents who maybe had more traditional roles? Although, you know, really, I don't think so. They were very much teammates. And I see that I reference that a lot in my own relationships, like this team structure. Mm -hmm. You do this, I'll do this. I cook, 
you clean. And like, that's very much how my current partner is. And I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. It's not that, you know, I need to cook because I'm a woman. It's like, I really enjoy giving Mm -hmm. and, you know, he sits and he's there and afterwards he cleans it right up. And like, I don't have to think about asking him like, Hey, Mm -hmm. do the dishes, you know? Do you want to be protected and taken care of by a man? I think I want to feel security. I don't know that it necessarily has to come with protection or being taken care of in any way. Although I think I do have to work to let go of those um, feelings like I have to do it myself. I think that's really the opposite way. I'm not looking for someone else to do it, but I need to let down my guards because after getting divorced, my main mantra for four years, literally to right now, was ownership. I can buy this myself. I can do this myself. I don't need anybody else. But what I didn't realize was that really was building up a wall towards other men. And that I do think that men particularly, but both men and women want to feel needed. And the more you are that person who is, I don't need anyone, like that might be very true. I I do feel very good about myself, about where I stand in the world. And, you know, I do know I can take care of myself. But it doesn't mean it isn't nice to have someone who can take care of you, mm-hmm. who is willing to show up, who is willing to give. Do you feel like you're responsible for your own orgasm? Oh, she's getting deep. Um, yes, I do think that you are, but I do think it's a clearly team effort. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's all these studies about how how if, how more manly a man feels is directly related to his testosterone. And his, hmm. his sort of feeling powerful yeah. in bed. What are your thoughts on that? Or is that all antiquated? I think it could be antiquated. I mean, I think everyone wants to feel powerful, but some people, sometimes people want to feel taken care of. They want to feel like, oh, you're the aggressor. I think especially when I was boxing more and I was dating around, the men I was attracting like wanted to be dominated a little bit. And... It's not my typical role, and I think this happens with a lot of women who are very um, powerful in their career lives. They're not as powerful in the bedroom, Mm. and I'm, I mean, (laughs) overshare. I am that way. I'm not necessarily, like, looking to come in and be, like, the aggressor. I very much like to be, you know, what do you call it, chased or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, feel, like, very wanted as opposed to the opposite way around. I'm fine with switching roles, but that's my natural, mm-hmm. you know. What about wife and motherhood? I am not one of those divorcees that feels like, oh, I'll never get married again. Um, but I, I am. No, you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I get it. I'm one of those. I get uh-huh. it. Um, I, But I also don't see it as a high priority. Mm-hmm. I think if I met someone and they felt like it was important to them to be married, I would do it. But also, it's not like I'm seeing someone and I'm like, when are we going to get married? Don't feel that at all. Um, To me, more of a commitment would be living together or having a child together. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of motherhood, it's so funny. I was having a conversation with my best friend last night about why it feels like there's so much pressure on relationships right now. And I think one of it is because I'm 35, turning 36 this year, and you're kind of in those pivotal years about am I going to have a baby or not, right? Everyone has a number in their head. Like once I get this old, I'm kind of over it. Um, and 
a lot of my friends are freezing their eggs, which mm-hmm. I completely understand. Um, I have decided it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Don't think I'm going to freeze my eggs. And part of the reason is because my sister has two amazing girls. And I was raised with multiple aunts who did not have children. Mm-hmm. And the relationship I had with them was so special. And I do think that although I'm sure it will feel a painful in some ways to not have children, I also think it opens a door of a lifestyle that I could be very happy with mm-hmm. in terms of being, you know, I'll never be my niece's mother, of course, but, you know, you can play a role almost as though you are like a sub subsidiary parent. I can still offer advice. I can still help them in life. Um, and I'm very active in their lives now, even though they're only two and four, like, Truly, I, I love them so deeply. So I can imagine feeling very fulfilled with that relationship and staying very present in their life always. Um, so I think that's really something that I came to terms with more recently. I, I think it is very difficult to, you know, I'm not letting go of the idea of being a mother. I'd still very much like to do it. And I think I have years left where it's still a possibility. But I think I'm, you know, really working towards being okay with the idea that mm-hmm. I don't have to be. Are you on birth control? No, I actually just, I'm in the detox phase um, from being on it for several years. I am actually, and then the universe brought me like three or four Instagram accounts that I was following where other women were doing the same. Um, so no. So so if it happens, it happens. I do feel that way. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Sonia, for being here and just offering your light and your energy to the podcast. This is Allison Chase, and we will catch you again next week on the Pink Wisdom Podcast. Have a great day. Pink Wisdom is produced by me, Allison Chase, and Sam Ufret, edited by Sam Ufret and recorded by Andrew Thomas at Noya House in New York City. You can find more episodes of Pink Wisdom at pinkwisdom.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next week. 